Global Outreach, Revealing Christ to the World Since 1943.
Thank you so much. It's a real privilege for me to be here tonight. It's, so, it's such a blessing for me to be at this church. I first knew about this church back in the 80s when Dr. James Blackwood used to tell me about him coming down here and having these missions conferences year after year and um, what a blessing it was. And so I'm really thankful for the, the privilege of being here and uh, to see the uh, wonderful atmosphere you have here, the, the great joy you have, what a great pastor you have, Pastor Lee. We thank you so much for him and for Alan and for their invite to come here in the missions committee. And so we're just so thankful for all the missionaries that you have supported over the years. Uh, on my list, you have you supported 16 different missionaries over all these years, and what a blessing uh, they have been. And, and it just shows how faithful this church has been. And so I just want to say thank you to you and, and just praise the Lord for you and for your faithfulness to him in your missions program. And I'm praying that uh, the Lord will have a great uh, faith promise on uh, Sunday, and uh, I pray that those ministries will be funded because the Lord is really using this church around the world. With the uh, 16 people that you supported, you actually are supporting uh, a lot of the world. Uh, you're supporting um, you're supporting Europe, you're supporting Africa, 
You're supporting uh, North and South America. You're supporting uh, the Near East. You're, sp- you're supporting the, uh, the Middle East. And um, the Lord has really, um, really been blessed, has been blessing through your missionaries, and we're really thankful for that. It's really, um, I, I wanted to bring you up to date on Dr. Blackwood. Several of you have asked about him because uh, I could just tell in your faces that you really appreciate him and really uh, love him. He went to be with the Lord last January 20th. He had a uh, pacemaker and a defibrillator for the last five years of his life, and the thing kept ticking. Uh, he, he, had, um, he had two heart attacks, and he had about 20% of his heart left, and so those defibrillators kept picking his heart to, to make it function. And um, on the night that he, he had his accident, he was out at a restaurant with his family, and he came home, and he fell in the garage. Um, he fell, and I believe he passed out because... He um, broke the bones in his face. He didn't have any defensive wounds. And um, he had spent our 10 days in the um, ten days in the hospital, and then he, he passed in the Lord's presence. And so the Lord has really blessed uh, the ministry through him. He took over the mission in 1970. I think we had 46 mis- missionaries, and uh, he grew it to uh, 400. And uh, so God really blessed his ministry. And then I was allowed to come and be called as the next president. It's been a great blessing for me. I just wanted to uh, bring a a message of encouragement tonight of all the people that uh, you have been uh, supporting over the years. Um, I don't have enough time to to tell about all of them, but I want to highlight some. Last night when um, Dr. Steve was presenting this uh, wonderful panorama of the last hundred years of missions and how it's come come through the whole world and, and how God has blessed missions even to this day and how we're reaching around the world. This was a great, um, a great message he had last night. He was talking about uh, Paul going from Jerusalem to Aurelium, and um, he had covered all that, that uh, landmass with pivotal churches that could reach out to other places. And I was just thinking as he was saying Aurelium, um, that was ancient. Well, today it's Albania, Albania and Turkey. And um, your missionary, Semyo Rolovic, was in the Kosovo area of Yugoslavia. And, of course, when Tito was overthrown, they came and they actually burned down his complex, and he had to flee to Serbia. And that's where he is today ministering, and he's, uh, he's planted churches there, and he's uh, ministering to the poor there. And God is very blessing there in Serbia, and so uh, he's one of the fruits of of, uh, of that ministry that Paul started way back when, and uh, the Lord has really blessed him. I need to um, talk about Dr. not Dr. Pastor uh, David Cole. David is um, a wonderful missionary from ours. I know he's a pastor here at this church, and uh, I know that God has really blessed him over the years. Right now, he's the uh, director of our ministry in England, and uh, we have a couple of missionaries from England that are in Africa, and of course, he oversees them. He presently is trying to help the 40 churches that are around um, different parts of uh, England. As you know, England is a post-Christian country. You know that um, it's a it's a place that it's very difficult to uh, to have people come to church and to receive Christ, and uh, they're not open to the gospel. And what he's doing is trying to encourage those 40 churches to. Uh, to be evangelical, to reach their neighbors, and try to continue to have a good Christian base in those churches. And so we're really thankful for his ministry there. 
The other thing he does is every month he helps publish a publication um, of, for Christians, and it has lots of uh, current events in it. It also has theology in it, and so he's able to uh, distribute that all over England because of his large mailing list. And so uh, David has really been a great blessing to me and to our mission. He's a great prayer warrior. He's very exciting. He has a great prayer meeting there he holds every Thursday. And God has really blessed that over the years as well. And we're so thankful for his ministry. We um, also want to talk about the Audubon broadcast that you have been supporting for some, I think it's some 28 or 29 years. The broadcast has been in existence for 35 years now. It emanates in Calcutta. And um, our missionary there, Purdue Mundell, Purdue and the Pali um, Mundell, actually head up that ministry. He's actually the voice on that broadcast. And that broadcast goes all across West Bengal and India and goes all across to Bangladesh and a lot of those Buddhist countries. And the wonderful thing about this broadcast is it comes on right after the international news out of Sri Lanka. And so those people who listen to that news, that's the only place they can get their news. And then our evangelistic broadcast comes on 15 minutes later. And a lot of people have been saved over the years, and a lot of people have... Um, have formed churches uh, because of that broadcast. There's a reports of one church that's a thousand people, and uh, a lot of them have found Christ through that broadcast. When I was able to um, visit Calcutta, uh, I went to the broadcast studio that was just built probably about uh, seven or eight years ago, and um, there they had a one, one man that came there, uh, came up and just shook my hand and hugged me, and I had no idea was who he was. I have a difficult time trying to pronounce his name, so I won't do that. But he um, he was saved from that broadcast. He was a high caste uh, Hindu. He was a Brahmin. He was 16 years old when he heard the broadcast and got saved. And his parents, um, who were Hindus, dad especially, um, asked him to recant and, and uh, come back to be a Hindu again. And, uh, of course, he was... Um, he would not do that at 16 years old. And the dad actually threw him out of the family, excommunicated him, and uh, shunned him. And he was able to, to uh, he got involved with some Christians who helped him uh, grow up and taught him the Bible and those kinds of things. And he has become an evangelist, not only evangelist in India, but also in England. And uh, it was a real privilege to meet him and to see the fire and the zeal that he has for the Lord and the outreach he has. And it's all because of that broadcast. And you have supported both the broadcast and the, the Mondale family over the years, and you're part of that. The Mondales have other ministries beside the radio broadcast. They have a Christian school that has over 500 children in it now. I was able to go there and see that ministry. They also have a ministry to the poor in Calcutta, and you know that's one of the poorest uh, places in the whole world over there. And uh, the Lord has really blessed their ministries over the years. I just got an email today that um, Depali had a uh, women's conference, and just yesterday there were over 200 women at that, uh, that conference, and several of them came to Christ. And it was real, uh, real encouragement to be, me today to see that and to see that ministry that they have over there. And so the Lord is, has really been blessing that ministry in India. Of course, we have a lot of other missionaries over there as well, but, but the Lord is really um, bringing the last harvest. I believe this is one of the best times for us to be alive on earth. I believe the Lord is just um, bringing in the, the people that uh, he has predetermined, who was elected in eternity past. And I believe there's a great harvest that the Lord is bringing in 
before the Lord returns. And I'm looking for the Lord to come back soon. And I'm just uh, thankful to be alive now and just see what the God's doing all over the all over the world. Another uh, ministry that I'd like to uh, bring to your attention is, I understand recording this night, so I have to be really careful. I can't say the missionary's name um, because he's uh, he's. There are a lot of people trying to find him and um, and kill him. Uh, he's had several run-ins. Um, he was taking um, taking some goods into Syria, and uh, there were three suburbans that were uh, rented. And he was in the uh, second suburban, and um, suburbs uh, opened fire on them, and they had to turn around and. Um, they actually were able to come and find, this is about five years ago, they had, had to turn around and find some um, U.S. troops who, they are actually a tank crew. And so um, the guy in the front, um, the people in the front suburban, one guy had his foot shot and they thought it was going to have to be amputated, but the, the medic at the, uh, at the uh, army compound there was able to save that foot. And he's had some real run-ins uh, trying to uh, share the gospel. He, his family is really from Armenia, and he grew up in uh, Lebanon. And he has a real, real desire to reach ours for Christ. And over the years, he's been able to plant churches in eight um, Muslim countries, including Syria, Iraq, Iran, uh, of course, Lebanon. He lives in Jordan, Egypt, Libya, Oban, and uh, the Sudan. And he has a a, a great heart, and he has uh, quite a open, several open doors. One of them was he, he was able to come to Liberty and get his theology. Uh, Jerry Falwell found out about him and brought him over and gave him free uh, free education and actually free lodging because he believed in him so much. And um, that's where I actually met him, and that's one of the reasons he joined our mission. But he is really doing a great great job for the Lord. He has several visions he's trying to accomplish. Right now, uh, each month, he, is, um, he has two teams in Baghdad. He's trying to reach the whole country of Iraq with a, uh, a gospel witness. And he's got a five-year plan. And what he does, he has two teams that are, that are trained. We actually were actually, we were actually, we were actually had uh, 24, we were actually reaching 24,000 homes every month, but because of funding, it's down down to the 12. But he has two teams that are trained. The first team is, is sort of a, a door-to-door uh, group, and they have uh, various materials. Uh, we buy um, Bibles out of Egypt, and uh, they have CDs, and they have tracts, and they have other Christian literature, and they go door-to-door, and if uh, someone won't open the door to them, they put it on the, they, they let literature there, so every home has a, a gospel witness. If they open the door, and um, they have an opportunity to talk to the family. They have a, they ask them if they would like to uh, answer a questionnaire that they have, and they go through the questionnaire. And there's really only one question on the question on the questionnaire that has any valid uh, meaning to them. And the question is, do you listen to Christian radio? And if they say yes to Christian radio, then they try to make an appointment with the family when the dad will be there, so that the second team can come. And, and uh, come in with the family and then try to win the whole family to Christ because you need to have the dead receive Christ in Muslim settings. Otherwise, um, there can be excommunication. There can be big problems. And they've been very successful doing this. They have a lot of, lot of people that uh, 
have received Christ. And of course, if you have a family receive Christ, then you have a house church. And then you can go back and what we do is try to train that family up. And we allow them the freedom to decide when they want to sort of out themselves and, and try to become um, known as Christians in the community so that they can continue to function. Because uh, a lot of the times when they come out as a Christian, they, they could be persecuted, they could lose their job, um, they could lose their home. There's all sorts of uh, things that could happen to them. But that's the, the method we're using to try to reach people all across Iraq. And we use that method in, in other countries as well. And so it's been a real blessing. He has so many ministries with, with different people groups. He, he zeroes in on, on gypsies. He zeroes in on the Druze. He zeroes in on the Bedouins. And he's been very clever. The Lord's given him a great ability to be able to discern how to reach those people for Christ. For instance, with the Bedouins who travel from place to place and they're in tents and they have their camels and their livestock why he uh, went out and tried to witness to them and he couldn't get anywhere with them he was there and um, he was just being his head across his head against the wall he just couldn't figure out how he could reach this people group and so he noticed that this that the fathers particularly the husbands they really appreciated the uh, their animals and of course they have the place where we went uh, where he took me out we go across this sand uh, out in the desert and when you get out in the desert like being in the middle of the ocean you look around you don't know where north south east or west is and you sort of feel like you're you're lost and you have a four-wheel drive to get across that and eventually we came across a, a, a came up a little hill and over a valley and there were three tents there and the three tents were um, and he had three wives and the larger tent is always the first wives um, tent because that's where the hospitality area is and um, because of him, we were invited in. And we heard, found out the story of how he was invited in and how he was accepted there. He noticed that the fathers uh, and liked their animals, and um, their wealth was in their animals, in their camels and their goats and their sheep. And uh, their, they had kids there. I bet there were 50 or 60 kids running around there, and uh, the wives and... But, you could, but he could tell that it was the, the animals that the, the fathers and the men really appreciated because that's where their wealth was. Well, what happened, they, a disease among the sheep, it was like a, um, it was a, uh, a fever that these sheep, sheep would get and they were, they were dying like flies. And it turns out that it was um, the government uh, was able to determine what the disease was. And they had vaccines for it, but no one would take it out to the Bedouins because all the Jordanians hate the Bedouins out there. And um, so no one would take the vaccine out for these animals. And so he went and got a Christian uh, veterinarian, and um, he uh, talked to him and found that uh, he wanted to minister and uh, be a part of this ministry and to share uh, Christ with these folks. And so... The veterinarian went to the government and got the vaccine and he took it out to the Bedouins and saved a lot of their animals. And because of that, the, the Bedouins have welcomed in and he has an opportunity now to sit down. And uh, that's basically what we did that day. We were ushered into the first wife's tent and we sat on the sand. There was a little goat hair mat that was there. So we're sitting on the sand. There's a big fire going. They had this, this coffee pot that's about this big. And um, it's on this fire, and you can imagine it's been gone for a couple hours before we got there. And um, he wanted to offer t hospitality to us because that's sort of their way. And um, he had a bowl, 
sort of like a little soup bowl. It had this dirty brown water in it. And he had two of these little Demitas uh, coffee cups that were about this big. And so he takes the, the cup and he swashes it over that dirty brown water. And he goes up and, and takes the coffee out of the, the coffee pot. And it's like molasses coming out of there. And then um, guess who he wants to give the coffee to first? He wants to give it to me. Now, you need to know something. I'm not a coffee drinker. I prefer tea. Uh, my wife, uh, being a nurse, Patty, she, she likes coffee, but I like tea. So he hands this thing to me. So I was praying because, first of all, I don't like coffee. And second of all, I don't like it that thick or that strong. And I was praying that I could get that down. And I knew if I was just sipping it, I knew there's no way that I could get that down. And so I just chugged it down. And I, I was so thankful because it didn't come right back up. And so I handed it back to him and fills it up again. Hands it right back to me. <laughs> I, said, I was praying, saying, Lord, you can do it once. Can you do it twice? So I chugged it down again. And then finally the missionary told me. He said, when you hand it back, if you don't want any more, shake your hand like this. I was going like that. I didn't want him to miss the signal because I sure didn't want any more of that. But that was just some of the experiences you have there, out there. Well, after we had hospitality, the veterinarian went out and and was able to uh, vaccinate some of their animals. And um, we have an opportunity now to, to share Christ with them. You have to befriend them and show love to them. And over a process, you try to win them to Christ. And we are winning some to Christ. Not as many as we like, but we're winning some to Christ. This man is, is fearless. Uh, he's told me in front of his wife, sitting in uh, his home in Amman, that he's willing to give his life for the Lord. And, he, and this man is, has the most faith of any man I've ever met personally. And the, the call that he has on his life and his desire to reach out to the Arab world, he wants them all to come to Christ, is just amazing to me. And you've supported him. And you're part of his ministry, as well as you're part of some of these the others that I've mentioned already. And, and I'm just really thankful for this church and for the, the privilege of, of coming here and sharing these things with you. The Lord has really uh, been good to us. And the Lord continues to bless our ministry as we reach out. And in, even in times when some people are pulling back, our mission seems to be going well. And I'm really thankful for that. And I'm thankful for this church that continues to be a mission church. I'm finding across America that there are fewer and fewer churches that are mission-minded like this church is. And I appreciate folks who, who have that vision. I thank you for a pastor who, who continues that vision because it all is based on him. And I thank you for a congregation that supports that vision. And I really want to thank you for your support of Global Outreach Mission. And the Lord bless you. Thank you.